0: what's up everybody today's gonna to be a great show i'm going to, get to talk with my fellow firefighter matt erickson who started out the advocacy for cannabis for first responders way before i took up the the mantle and so today's going to be a great show we're going to find out what he's up to how he started and what he thinks about all of this so let's get this started Six, five, four, three, two, one. let me first start out by saying thank you to podcast powertrain for helping produce my show these are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank... Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. <laughs>
1: we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health we're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives we want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine this is the good dudes grow 2.0
0: what's up everybody welcome back to good dudes grow 2.0 so listen uh, what I like to do on my podcast, interview different people from celebrities as athletes, but I really like to do, especially in this, in this sector, is talk to fellow firefighters from different departments and see their input, what they have to say about uh, our relationship with uh, or not relationship with CBD and cannabis, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I like to bring all types of different opinions on. So I am extremely excited to have Matthew Erickson with me. We've gone back and forth on some emails and some, some different things that he was working on when he was with the fire service that I'm working on now. So Matt, thank you for coming to the show. Give us a, just a little bit of your background on who you are and what you're doing now, and what you're up to.
1: Gary, brother, thank you for having me on. Uh, I've enjoyed our conversations as well, and I'm uh, excited to get to know more about you and what you're doing in the space. Um, I have 15 years on as a firefighter medic, and some of that, and the officers see, uh, 15 years in Space Coast Fire Department, smaller department, about uh, 3,000 calls a year, and um, 12, 12 of those years was uh, union work and on the pension board, and uh, you know, steward and uh, upward into uh, chair and president and those other seats. So we, it was really fun, had some great mentorship. We learned a lot and uh, really uh, were able to build great relationships uh, with uh, elected officials and work with management in a productive way. So um, we were able to change the city and change the, uh, the environment of the department over the course of the, our, our time there and just had a great team and surrounded by amazing people. So had a great time with it, yeah.
0: That's great. I, the reason why I wanted to come to you on and we went back and forth. You started talking about CBD and cannabis before it was actually legal in, in Florida. And basically you were trying to bring in your own, how do you say, input into the union. And that's where I wanted to get in touch with you. Someone who was actually in union kind of positions and they deal with management and give a different perspective on what management thinks, what union thinks, so that other firefighters who are listening to the show kind of get an idea what I'm trying to do and what's going on behind the scenes. Because, you know, a lot of firefighters, they're up with their union, but they don't know what they're doing. And every time you guys do something and you do something wrong, they blame you or you do something right, they're excited. It, it, they really don't understand all the stuff that's going in the back. So, and on this subject, it's a, like I tell everybody, it, it is a big, Play on words. It, it's, I hate to use it, the term game, but it's so it's such a touchy subject. We we don't want to go too far left, too far right. So so, how did you come? How did you come into basically learning more about medical cannabis and CBD and stuff? Just start there.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think I've always been an advocate for uh, uh, cannabis and uh, responsible cannabis use, and uh, I. I interestingly enough, you'd be surprised that I think there's just a social awakening. You know, there's an awakening of social consciousness to where people understand that it, uh, you know, some of the maybe um, propaganda from uh, 70s and 80s and war on drugs is is disintegrating a little bit over time. Um, So I think uh, not everyone, because it's a subjective world and everyone, you know, has a different take on what's uh, right and wrong. But I think that it it brings a tremendous amount of uh, health and uh, medical benefit, uh, to, you know, any field that has high intensity, uh, low drag, um, you know, to where, to where it, it, they're seeing and having, and experiencing like psychological traumas. So, uh, whether that's ER docs or it's a uh, police officers, firefighters. So, uh, I'm excited that, uh, how things have progressed in Florida over the years and, uh, Along the way, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, it seems like there's traction in a lot of departments all around the state. We would talk about it at uh, IAFF and f p f um uh meetings you know on the sidelines and talk about what's happening aggregate in the state and um our our department ended up having uh some conflicting language um that seemed to be supportive of uh, medical cannabis use. And this is uh, going back a few years, even as flour was still, um, you know, uh, illegal, and they they were still pushed out and marginalized. And uh, so it's great to see those barriers breaking down, not only uh, for access, but that it's not as taboo a subject as it used to be several years ago. Um, And so in any event, uh, I ended up Getting a lot of folks from along around the state, brothers and sisters and all kinds of different situations, dozens and dozens of calls over the last few years. And you'd be surprised. They all have uh, similar uh, stories uh, to where there's a, a broken family situation or there's an, a, an addiction or there's a brother or sister dealing with cancer. Um, or other various ailments to where cannabis is a legitimate uh, option, and it's it is still difficult to get through these different barriers, like your talks, not only psychological barriers, but there's bureaucratic layers as well. Uh, all that being said is that there was a surprising number of um, cities, municipal and counties, that were uh, that there was a majority of council that was in favor, uh, medical director was in favor, uh, chiefs were on board, and uh, it seemed like the stopgap that everyone was hitting, uh, and uh, again, this is this is two years ago plus, so things may have changed quite a bit. Um, I'm gonna stop you there before sure. you go on.
0: Before, so while everybody's listening, this, so just so you'll understand, I don't want anybody who's listening, and especially if, cause I know I got some chiefs who listen and all that. This is more of, we're talking about opinion and certain things going on. We're not talking, you know, this is the way it should be. It shouldn't be done. We're just giving our current experiences and opinions of what's going on and how we see the verbiage and how we felt was going on. Correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not speaking for every chief. I'm not speaking for every right. firefighter. Right. I'm not speaking for every municipality or county by, by any stretch. But I received a few right. dozen phone calls over the course of the years, all from different municipalities. And I can tell you that they were at different levels of acceptance where there's an understanding that, you know, this, this, is, a, this is a different um, uh, route of treatment than a synthetic and a, and, a, and a potentially better one. So it seemed like some of the hang up there um, in the later stages was is Florida League of Cities, there's a threat of, um, you know, that these municipalities and counties will end up losing their block grant access, you know, their federal grant money. And, and and so that it seemed like that kind of put the brakes on a lot of things. So uh, naturally, there's there's all of these individual issues. Right. So uh, there's a, a firefighter with GI cancer needs to eat, wants to use cannabis. Um, there's, uh, you know, marital issues and there's uh, EAP and therapeutic issues. And, you know, you get into synthetic um, uh uh, you know, mental thera- therapeutic drugs, and there's consequences to those too, you know, that are significant. So it seems like this is the, the uh, most beneficial in some circumstances, and likely the most benign. So uh, considering how many loopholes there is in the current uh, drug testing, you know, schema, uh, it, it, it just, it doesn't make sense that this thing, and I should say, the biggest, the biggest holdup is, that is a constitutional right for you to use this medicine as a Floridian. That's it. If you're if you're if you're a resident of the state of Florida, it's your constitutional right to be able to use cannabis, and it's it's not appropriate uh, for the FDA to be reaching into state affairs. So um, I know that some people are, are challenged with some of that, and but this is where it goes: is it has to go to state supreme court, and then it goes to supreme court to decide who does or does not have. Uh, power in and in what way, you know, whether it's through a medical, uh, uh, director or if it is the FDA when withholding grants, you know, and there's this different form of, you know, manipulation or coercion there. So, um, regrettably, instead of it being, it's, it's a difficult pitch and there's so the optics are challenging. So to be really fair is, is that oh, some of the public trust, it seems, and I think that, that leaders all over the state are concerned about this. Is that we we may lose some form of public trust, you know, in the traditional sense, and and that's a legitimate concern because some of the constituency is you know uh, uh, Reagan era, you know. So uh, right. and I, same with my parents. And so another thing I'm passionate about. And so I have fire service on, you know, both of my uh, dad and stepmom firefighters, both of my uh, grandfathers, police officers. So. You know, I know the whole spectrum, gamut of opinions and um, and I think the biggest win in this season is just being able to talk about it, you know, uh, because it's still taboo, right. not only on a corporate level, but on an individual level is there's these psychological traumas that come with the job that uh, they eat away at you slowly, you know, and nobody really wants to talk about it. Everyone's salty at the end of their career and it's actually your sympathetic nervous system is fried. You know, our hormone cycles are, are fried. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I tell, I tell everybody the same thing is when I go on different podcasts and they ask me, you know, can you give us a little kind of like an idea of what it's like and why, do you, why are you so passionate about this? And I says, well, you know, people ask me all the time, how can you deal with, with you know, mangled bodies and car accidents and stuff like this? And the normal action, I give us, I'm like an auto mechanic. I just, I see a broken car and I fix it. Yeah. And what I'm really saying is that after so many years, like 15 years, of you 17 mine, we suppress those feelings that other people have. So when you have your family member, you're not in the industry like we are, and if something hurts them, you freak out, you're, you're worried. Or even us, like our own family, we freak out, we're worried. But when it's somebody else's family, we suppress, like you said, that fight-or-flight mm. system. We suppress that all the way down to where there's no feelings whatsoever. It just becomes a mechanical job. After 30 years, you're going to be... 20, 30 years, you're going to be salty because you've been suppressing your feelings for so long. Hence the reason why, like you said, there's addiction in our, there's addiction, there's alcoholism, there's, there's high levels of suicide, divorce in the fire industry is through the roof. Well, you can't love somebody else if you suppress your feelings for so long. So stuff like, like cannabis and CBD, which can help is something that I think I had when I went to my, my, my superiors and everything else, it wasn't the fact they, they understood that thanks to you and, and your help and, and the documentation you, you provided and, and us talking, they understood that they won't lose the federal grant money. It always became right. down to one simple question. A, how do we not get sued? Because we can't figure out if you're impaired or not. And, and that is it all comes down to that. Well, it's fit for duty tests. Think? Yeah, well, the,
1: I, I mean, exactly. we just get into the normals you know the the way the system works for uh you know urine sampling is there's a panel it doesn't include all, all drugs by by a long shot nor should it and uh you know some of the the drugs that are on there are amphetamines and benzos and opiates and you know but the, you know the dirt the secret is that you know most of us are take Benadryl all the time to sleep <laughs> You know, because we we don't sleep well anymore, it's difficult to get hours of REM, and that's because of this weird conditioning. And so there is, there's a myriad of things that are happening, psychological traumas from the things that we see, which, you know, everybody's life is a subjective reality, right? So you have to kind of start from that first principles. And so I I can never understand what it's like for a, a military personnel to see his buddy's brains blow out, you know, or hers. Um And just like uh someone an, an office uh person is not going to understand you know the things that we see in the street with you know mangled bodies and dead kids and th- that 's really intense thing stuff, and most people, the vast majority of people, they only experience that brush with real trauma that kind of shakes your entire perspective a handful of times in life when they confront. Uh, death or uh, you know, the threat of death directly or uh, when it's their immediate family members or something that is a critical injury or things like that. And in those moments, you have this clarity on what's actually valuable in life. you know? And it's usually not like, what, how's our money doing? It's like, what did I do with the time? <laughs> and so, <clears throat> so it's interesting. Um, so to, to keep that in mind that you know, some people just are not going to understand, uh, but to try and make it relatable... Uh, it, it, it is, it's not normal to, uh, it, you know, to see these things, it's, it's not, it, 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 changes you and it, um, it is a silent, uh, killer, you know, it's uh it's a very stealthy thing that happens. And, um, and what's that, what's, what ends up happening, I think in that space is we, wh- you become desensitized. Uh, you become very cynical of life in general um, because you're, you're so frequently viewing injustice and good, good families getting hurt. And it seems like sometimes bad people live longer, you know, and there's, there's just a lot of really bad scenes. And without getting into examples, we could do firehouse talk too. M- most people don't want to hear that for more than five or 10 minutes, you know, and no. us actually sitting around the, the table talking about it at dinner or making You know, morbid jokes about it. That is how we process it. You know, um, there's this profound. You know, it's it's a near universal phenomenon when we. It takes a couple days to unwind, even if you go on vacation, right? Any firefighter almost takes three, four, five days a week before. Oh, I actually slept decent that night, or I'm not like you know. And what that is is that we're we are conditioned to be in a constant state of awareness, right? So you're always on. So you're like anticipating. There's this anticipatory. Uh, you know, posturing of your life around when's this thing going to drop? And then, and then it's, a, and then the adrenaline drops again. So it's really weird being removed from it now. Cause it, it takes about it for me, it took me three months to be able to sleep with some normalcy again. After I was done, after I ret- I retired early, so we, um, it was just a, de- it was just a decision. <laughs> I, I got an interesting story, but it was a, a good decision. We had, um, unique circumstances that allowed us to just completely radically change our life. And that, and that's what we did. And so I did, I left the service a bit early, um, but it, it was healthier for me and for us and for our family. Um, and so I get to say on the other side of that, you know, it, it, it took me, a, a, about a, a month or so to feel like if you can imagine a frequency, like an EQ, you know, you have on our audio, uh, you know, DAWs and stuff, so like your, everybody's frequency, f- firefighters frequency are elevated more over time, right? Cause that's where we're just like a little bit more mood disorder, we're a little jumpy or, um, you know, or maybe really laid back and, and depressively. So sometimes there's all this whole spectra of that. Everyone is like their own individual portrait, how they're, you know, affected in, in this different way. Um, uh, so to have that frequency come down over time Took me about three months to start sleeping normally through the night and took about a year to fully, you know, to feel the spring decompress and unwind fully. And it's like, oh, there's a little bit more levity, you know, to, to uh, life. And uh, so we, we decided to move in, into an area with a lot of forests and mountains and stuff. So that helped a lot too, just being away from people and being alone and spending some time you know, decompressing what, and, and that's the thing is like, we immediately, I know I'm going to get kicked back from this, like, Oh, you're so, you know, it's <laughs> so soft and stuff, but Hey, this is, you know, 75, 80% plus of the fire service is dealing with this stuff and we don't know how to talk about it. So the, the truth is that they should be talking about it in fire school. And it's like a continuity of a, a thematic, uh, it, it, you know, driver of our, uh, our career progression. You know, it should be baked into uh, this, is what, this is just my my thoughts on the other side of everything, you know, is like, all right, well, it, it's so scary to talk about. And then you don't even want to confront it yourself. Like, do you deal with this issue or whatever EAP or is this helpful or is it ridiculous and all of what goes into that? So I know I'm taking up a lot of space here, but I'm very passionate about this. You know, like but we need to talk you about I- this. We need to talk about it. and And there should be built in sabbaticals. Like military get, you know, a month or two here and there every couple of years. And, you know, CISD right afterwards, a heavy event is not enough because some of these things, they manifest weeks or months over time, or there's weird recurring thoughts or nightmare. There's all kinds of weird stuff that happens in its space. It's different for everybody. So to say, right. all right, let's powwow and talk about it as a group, that's great. And that's a great. Now there's at least some sort of spotlight on there's an issue there. But, um, you know, we sweep it under the rug, socially, culturally. <laughs> Always right. have. She I, shell I, shock in the 50s. They did the same thing with the military, you know? It's like, you
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I agree with you. In the, I tell everybody else, and, and the stories I keep telling people, and I want them to understand it, is that it's PTSD and stuff like that is certain – it's synonymous with, with the military because they say they see all this graphic stuff. And again, here's, here's, here's a projection I want everybody who's listening to understand. When you watch a war movie, you see a war movie. Or you're on TV, you see all hell breaking loose, shit blowing up, people blowing up. So when you sign up for the military, you know basically, chances are I'm going to see that. Now, now watch a... Fire, watch a firefighter movie and a firefighter TV show and I guarantee you, you will not see people blowing up, people losing limbs. People, you will see them basically come out of fires with little black soot on them. Everybody's fine. Even the patients are fine. That's not reality. Yeah. And they never told you that when you signed up for the file service that when you drag that person out of the fire, his skin will be on your gear. It'll stay in your gloves. It, it, you'll smell it for days. You'll you It's not like the movies. Imagine, transfer what you see in the war aspect of it and put it into the fire aspect. And that's basically what you're going to basically see for guaranteed almost for 20 years. You will see that. Yeah. The military, you got four years stance and then you can continue. And chances are, if there's no wars around, you'll never see anything. But a firefighter in any city, volunteer, anything else, is pretty much guaranteed to see several if not multiple gruesome things per shift throughout their 20-year career. And nobody told you that when you signed up. Everybody told me, told you, even told I, you're the superhero, you're good. Everybody loves you, you're great. Police officers don't like you because they like firefighters. You know, all all this weird stuff and all of a sudden you get 15 years of, oh my God, dead kids, broken arms, mayhem, death. And it's like, oh, this stuff's shooting. And then you just have to suppress all that and go, what in the hell's going on? And then somehow, like you said, come out of it after 20 some odd years and just what, just jump into normal life. Like nothing <clears throat> happened for the last 20 years. Sure. It's, it's, it's blows people mind when I tell them that stuff. Yeah, the, uh,
1: the, the injury, I think it's important to make a differentiation between us and military um, and other folks, like a flight medic sees it every shift, you know? Um, right. So th- it is a matter of intensity and frequency, right? So if you're, you know, our intensity, Uh, you know, the, the heaviness of the call may not be as uh, vivid or as relationally complex as seeing your buddies get blown up, you know, or your platoon wiped out or, you know, that is a different world. That is, that is very, very similar to seeing my firefighter buddy die, you know? Um, and, uh, but that frequency, if you think about it, like in a spike, like that's really heavy, but maybe in the course of, of, uh, war, there's quite a lot of that, or maybe only small compartmentalized amounts versus and, and sabbaticals and, and, you know, everyone has a different career too. So I want to be really respectful of of this world and same with, you know, uh, firefighters and EMS personnel everywhere, you know, you, you can be on the busiest box for 20, 30 years and that's a different career than, you know, a, a lightweight department and stuff. So, um, you know, we can all think of those stations that come to mind there, but the point is, is that instead of that high frequency, uh, uh, excuse me, high intensity mark there, I would say that over time, we probably have a bit more of frequency, not as high intensity, you know. And so right. it, it does. And it, 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 even the simple calls, you know, you end up uh, grandma has a stroke, and it's a bread and butter call, but it's still someone's grandma. And I think you you grow this callousness around it to where oh you don't think about it anymore but, um, it does, you don't have a choice. It actually buries in your subconscious a little bit, you know? So, uh, being able to unpack that stuff in healthy ways through, uh, cannabis and other means, I I think is really valuable. And I think that, um, there, uh, it's, it, it's, it would be a, um, the potential for a Renaissance, if it were ever embraced, I really think that it would revolutionize people's, uh, Life and and as a a micro study to see divorce rates and actually how much money it would likely save uh, departments right. <laughs> nationwide hey, and yeah. that's really what it will come down to it's always about money so I, you know I, I think it's incremental right. wins but um it, it, I think de- departments and cities counties are going to realize over time that. This is very real. And instead of doing all of these synthetic drugs and, and you create, you know, there's different implications and uh, problems that can manifest from from using synthetic drugs as well. And, and and that's a good way to tie it up, too, is that they do the same thing for military and fire. You're going to get uh, you're going to get Lexapro so that your serotonin is dumping freely um, so that you feel joyful and happy and maybe not very motivated. And then they're going to give you Xanax to. Uh, To forget because it has that amnesia. So that that's, you know, it kind of zombifies you go in the synthetic way. So I don't want to discourage people from doing that. I I did it, you know, so I I don't mind sharing some of my story. Um, But there's a whole different world outside of synthetics that I I think that are much more valuable um, and and should really be given a a good test out and, um, you know, just study it. Study it. Right. I, I I think it'd be very I, valuable to save everybody money, and you'll save lives. You know, you save lives, and I, I, and, you, and it'll correct some of the injustices that we see with our brothers and sisters that are that are sick. There's there's a definitive um, medicine there, and it's it's being marginalized to the side, and it's BS. Right. I
0: I'll, I'd like to applaud my department because what they did they started to do uh, a couple of years ago was uh, I don't know if you know about life scan where to do a full oh, body yeah. scan to do. So, so they brought this on and they physically trying to f- catch illnesses or cancers before they have. So they're being proactive on the physical side. What's the cool thing is I'm working with some partners up in Canada and Canada's actually doing the same thing but they're going on the mental side. So in other words, they're, they're bringing in some mental training. So like if we did our life scan, think about this. And this is just me talking about the so top of my head and your idea and shooting the crap with you. But if we did a life scan where we scan our whole body, we do all that, everything's stressed, why at the same time don't we have a mental sit down with somebody at the same time and check, see if our minds good and slowly build that. Cause everybody wasn't into the life scan before. They're like, oh yeah, I'm just, I don't want to do this. I'm going to find this crap. I don't want to find out. Now everybody's into it. Cause they're finding stuff and they're saving their lives. It could start out the same way with that, but do it up the mental aspect. Let's, let's, let's scan our own brains. Let's. Have that one talk with that therapist, or, or maybe like we see coming down the road with the with therapeutics of that one session. They you have your therapist with the uh, with MDMA or or a psilocybin thing to open up and let you speak. It's something that we need to think about as coming down the pipeline. Especially even right now that cannabis and CBDs is, uh, is is legal basically in the state of Florida. That relaxes you and you you know we're ready to talk. We're not we're joyful. It's not like going out to have six beers where we end up you know wanting to fight everybody. You you know you take a couple you take a little gummy of, of CBD you're not you're not in the mood to go beat somebody up you're in the mood to sit out and chill let's talk
1: you know and that's yeah. that's just my well they, me talking no <laughs> yeah I, well I agree completely I actually talk, I've talked to uh, a chief and another officer in the last two days about the same thing and we we're talking about so in our department I, I have to applaud our city they are very um, progressive and early adopting uh, life scan. Awesome people. Awesome company. Can't recommend them enough. They will catch a lot of things for your members. Just be ready. If you haven't done it before, you you know, be be ready that there's going to be a lot of members that need follow ups and stuff. So have a plan in place to, to catch that. And uh, you know, don't go in there gung ho ready to put everybody on light duty. And that, that, that could be a problem. (laughs) Um, But life is phenomenal because it legitimately saves lives. And to your point, it saves the city You know a lot of money over time a lot so you're right uh, if we start catching these uh the silent injuries you know and they you know the the big the thing that's happening there is um is you're getting uh damaged you know you're getting damaged and it manifests in weird ways slowly over time and then it and then uh behaviors manifest on the other side of whatever those uh traumas look like so but I was saying the same thing. What if we just did uh like a life scan? Um they, they did another thing in our de- department which was a co-opted uh medical clinic. I don't know if you guys do a co-op clinic. Yeah, we have one. one yeah. The way to go. I mean, uh, that should be a a business maneuver for uh public and private entities alike uh because just phenomenal care, um you know, it's a one-stop shop. It works out great, but yeah, you're right. Why not tie it in the exact same way? It's the same model put it put or have someone come by the station, you can do one-on-one you have access to marital and it's not EAP and there's not this big process. And then they, you know, the city's able to look through every file of EAP. I know it's not as, as quite as open as that, but there's a lot that is, um, that's not private there either. And it, it probably should be, you know, um, but we were talking about <clears throat> if you have the therapist come in once a year and you talk about, all right, what was heavy this year, tell me about this call. Yeah, you know, this thing keeps popping up, kind of look like my kid, kind of look like my dad, you know, when his brain was splattered over here and on my boot. You know, people don't right. realize that, you know, the, the magnitude of that and without grossing people out like that's that's it, you know, and and there'll be, you know, a, a, a dead kiddo, uh, you know, or, you know, a uh, and then another kiddo who tries to take their life and does and doesn't succeed. You know, um, there's parents that drop out on Easter and Christmas and like it just really really heavy stuff and then all of the nighttime activities is another world that people aren't prepared to hear about either <laughs> you know so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stop there but um that you know if in order to gain your sabbatical let's say you get um uh one week uh per year as you do your therapy every six months you know go in and talk for a couple, they do a little quiz thing on you are you having trouble sleeping. What does that look like? What, how often are you taking Benadryl? All right. What's going on with alcohol? Because again, folks, like I, I, I don't, I don't want to paint our brothers and sisters in a bad light at all. That's not, uh, my intention. Um, but everybody is dealing with different levels of, uh, of pain and traumatization. That is, you don't even realize it because you don't want to break through your own subconscious, you like kind of build your own subconscious reality. To say like uh, you, yeah, I'm not a beta. You know, I'm not going to beta it, into right. that stuff. Like, um, but it's too late when y- uh, you know your family life is falling apart. You know, and, right. and the kids yeah. and the kids are in the mix. Or you know, hey, the bottle is a little more often than it's been. So just, just to be real and call everybody out on it. And, and that's the thing is you can go to the doctor and get your sleeping aids and your benzos and be all gorked out on opiates. All kinds of opiates are a little different now. But, um, you know, there's a lot of loopholes there to where you can like, you know, you can mask stimulants if, if you take a stimulant. So why, why are we, um, you know, disallowing this medicine that is a constitutional right? That that's that's exactly. what it comes down to. So it will go to, you know, through the legal uh, routes. And unfortunately, instead of it being a gung-ho political movement, the optics I think dissuade a lot of that, uh, or sub pieces of that, I should say. <clears throat> but um, it doesn't stop the momentum that's behind the movement. And I agree with you, is like I, I think that if we accepted not only cannabis and you see it all over the nation. Um, but and you see it even with psychedelics, too. And I agree completely is that I think that in the, the right setting and conditions that, you know, you could have 10 years of compressed psychotherapy in an afternoon. Right. You know, and, and it, it really and frees it, you. Yeah.
0: And, at, and on that note, it, and this is what I want a lot of people to understand because one of the biggest misconceptions is basically, once we start start talking about psychedelics and cannabis, like a lot of viewers who are, like you said, in the Reagan era, oh, yeah, see that as, a, as, as party drugs, as all these guys just want, I've seen them, they out party, they're drinking all the time, they just wanna smoke weed, take psychedelics, and just get all gorked out of their mind. But in your experience, I know because I know in mind talking to fellow firefighters, chiefs and union members, that really is not the reason why we're pushing this. I, I've been told several they don't want to just smoke to get all gork. They actually are trying to look for something different from, like you said, the benzos and other stuff that they're taking. They're, they want something more natural that will make them feel better, but don't give them the side effects that they're taking. Sure. Do you find that the same when you when you talk with other yeah, I, I, brothers? And I, I mean,
1: a lot of firefighters take long vacations, you know? We take a long vacation and then, and you're able to use cannabis and you sleep well. And instead of your mind being, you know, busy and stimulated and and over the top, it's like, it forces you to not, it, it slows your subconscious down, you know? so that's that higher elevated frequency you're sympathetic because all it is is a feedback loop of, hor- of hormone dumps right between your serotonin and, and dopamine so your pituitary is right. always doing this different stuff and there's really interesting things that happen there because as our um uh, as our sympathetic is dumping it's free radical release right so it literally is killing us slowly so it's not it's not a play on words that it, it is it slowly kills you and shortens your telomeres telomeres on the cellular level And you die over time, you know, it's over due to stress. Um, So to be able to, with a medicine to where uh, a lot of synthetics try to mimic something that is uh, a a organic homeopathic out of the ground should be abundantly shared and readily available medicine, you know, that's been years uh, used for ages, for eons, um, both, uh, uh, you know, all uh, uh, spiritually healing plants. Um, but you know, I would, I, I would not only for sleeping and to be able to unpack stress and it be an on and off thing, you titrate to what you need, you know, to take a capsule now. I mean, you're taking a capsule anyways. So what's the difference between it a, a CBD oil capsule? So let's just be, you know, let's, is it apples to apples or not? So it, what all of it is about is breaking through this leftover propaganda. And so if you go to the history of that, which is really valuable is that it was uh, psychedelics and cannabis were being uh, widely used in clinical settings, just like they are now with the uh, um, psychiatric uh, uh, in, a cl- in clinical settings. So I would say I, I don't know the National Psychiatric Organization. I probably should know that one. But like it was being it was being adopted, right? It was being adopted. There was saturation in those fields with um, with uh, studies with very promising results. And then the war on drugs. And it it was to muzzle uh, that in the hippie movement and any sort of dissension from the state. So, you know, that's where we're at. And I I grew up with it, too. So I understand it full well. Um, But the thing that and I I started with experience because it's important that that people do have the opportunity to uh, experience or try for themselves because you can't be removed from an experience you know, you can talk about it and it's where, you know, my subjective reality versus I'm not willing to listen to your story, you know? So I'm, so Uh, that's why it's so important. I'm telling you a story, (laughs) you know, so, uh, it's important for people to be able to have the opportunity to try for themselves, for an experience to see, and it's not for everyone. I have family members. My spouse included that cannabis is not for her. Like she feels like she's on a roller coaster and it's not good. So She's a lot more laid back than I am her, her hormone flows are different than mine, you know, and I have other families, family members that are the same way. So some people run hot, some people are more laid back, you know, and so, um, all of that are these weird hormonal cycles, another, uh, you know, field of study that we don't barely know anything about and don't look into that they're highly connected, you know? So anyhow, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with you completely, I, man. We got it. Yeah. So it, what you're doing is the step is, is not being afraid to speak up and do it publicly. Um, brother, I I appreciate you so much that you're being brave in that space. Cause I, I know that there's, there is pushback and there is a, a psychological pushback too, probably from people that you work with and friends and family also.
0: You know what the cool thing about about it is that three years ago, when I first started, there was some Major pushback from everybody, from union personnel to everything else. Now it's slowly, now that Florida has gone that route to where metal cannabis is, is readily available, and the fact that the hemp bill went in. And, and this is the reason, the biggest reason why I'm so passionate about this. It is basically our testing. When they test for the THC, they're only testing for an inactive, inert metabolite that doesn't say you're impaired, doesn't say you're high, doesn't say you're anything else. But what a lot of people need to understand, especially those who are getting their firefighters tested, and they're looking for that THC, just understand that right now, federally legal, low THC 0.3% is not on the banned substance list. So you're testing for something that's beneficial to your people that A, will not get you sued. There is no liability of them being impaired. It will help your firefighters, lower your healthcare costs, and it'll probably save a firefighter's life down in the future. So- Remember that if you're still testing just, just a normal THC and not going to the fact about it, you're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on, you might be testing for something that's saving somebody's life and that person is saving other people's life. So that's what I'm passionate about. I'm trying to make everybody understand that, trying to make the, the cities understand that. And I understand, trust me, I understand what are coming with the liabilities and everything else, sure. but you're testing for a substance that's not art. Drug test tests for illegal substances. This is no longer an illegal substance when done right at the proper amount.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, you know, the, uh, the the analog there is what do you do with a benzo? What do you do with an amphetamine? It's a fit for duty test. You know, if, if you overdid your ADHD medicine and, and you're <laughs> scratching and freaking out, then there's a fit for duty <laughs> test for that if you're, if you have trouble with a benzo or you're having trouble with alcohol or something, you know, there's, there's, there are, there's a fit for duty test. So that really is the definitive. And so, you know, th- that's all, um, uh, you know, there's very plain legal definitions and, uh, procedural, uh, you know, uh, structures there to go through. And that is the answer to this. So, I, I right. The, the right thing to do, not only the, the just and correct and altruistic thing to do, not on the individual level, corporate level as a department, municipal level and their leadership, it is the right thing, the good and intrinsically correct, honorable thing to do, integrity oriented thing to allow us to have access, especially under these acute circumstances, you know, um, and uh, work with us, please work with us and let 's talk with the Fed and figure out why if if there is a benefit to the members there's a benefit to the to the city if there's a benefit to Florida League of cities um why wouldn't we all pursue it collectively you know exactly. we can do it we can do it and the, the the only reason not to do it is because of public optics, and we need to get over that
0: so. 100%. And at the public audience, that will be done with more and more education, which hopefully right. like shows like this will actually do. Matt, I appreciate you coming on my show. It's been fabulous. Uh, if anybody I don't I don't think you're not think we talked you're not on social media or anything else. But if anybody ever wanted to talk more to you, if you want more people to talk to you, or if you don't, why don't you let them know where they can reach out to you. Um, I,
1: I'm unplugged right now. Or just actually. say, or, or, or just say, you know what?
0: I'm, or just say, you know what? I'm in the woods. There's no, but, there's I, no connection I, in the woods. I'll do it this
1: way. <laughs> if, if 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 you have, if your listeners appreciate any content, I'm happy to talk again. Of uh, just, you know, uh, bug Gary about it and hit him up. You know, put put it in the comments or email. And if 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 they're rattling your cage about, it, I'm happy to come on and talk about any of my own personal experiences, uh, what life has looked like on the other side of retirement. Um, You know, we moved to California, so if you can connect the dots there, you know, so. um, (laughs) Perfect. And it's a different life. Yeah, appreciate you, Gary. Thank you. Yeah. So you heard him. So if you guys
0: want to reach out to Matt, whatever, just leave some nuts message in the comments, reach out to me. I'll screen all the calls for Matt and then I'll get to a touch with him. And We'll see how we <laughs> can go from
1: there. i got to have to <laughs> be a beer for that one.
0: <laughs> Matt, man, thank you very much. I appreciate everything. You have
1: yourself a great day. Pleasure and honor, Gary. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man.
0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'll have some links for you. So if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself, one of the best places to go is podcast powertrain right now they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material if you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there also if you're looking for a platform not sure which platform to use to record your show on riverside fm is the one we use you can also always go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside. Check them out, and you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for all listening to the show, and we will see you. Well, we'll see you. but.
1: Good Dudes Grow 2.0 Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend. Leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Good Dudes Grow 2.0.